The Pinball Network is online. Launching. Just another pinball podcast. Hello, this is Joel Engelberth with Just Another Pinball Podcast. Wow, I've just fumbled over that. Just Another Pinball Podcast, episode 21. And I'm incredibly excited to have an opportunity to do another interview. This was not the plan at all from the get-go, but I've really been having a lot of fun interviewing um, some people here in the hobby. And um, luckily, one of my fellow TPN, the Pinball Network uh, mates here, uh, Raymond Davidson, was happy to come on the podcast, and I thought it would be cool to pick his mind a little bit. So yeah, please welcome uh, Raymond. Thanks for for joining the, the, the show here, if you want to say that. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Joel. Yeah. So Raymond, I, I think first off, your name's great. Raymond Damon said Ray Day is a brilliant name, by the way, for for streaming. And I, I obviously I think people have fun with David Raymondson as well. So um I don't know. I if if I call you I, I just always think of you as Ray Day. I don't know if that's just become your go to name in pinball or not. But. <laughs> no, it's 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 uh yeah, it's good. It's kinda like uh, brand recognition too, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Raymond here, if you happen to not know who he is, he is the number one pinball player in the world. He's also, I think, the number one Banjo-Kazooie fan in the world. Um, <laughs> he He's now really diving into streaming. He he, he works for Stern Pinball. Um, I think you're probably top 10 Weird Al Yankovic fans in the world. I don't, I mean, what else should I throw on that list? Uh I mean that that you covered it, except maybe I also play a lot of uh, Magic Magic the Gathering, but um, that's oh kind boy. of an on and off thing for me. Well, that's awesome. My my brother is that's his hobby. My brother is uh that's the hobby that's keeping him from getting into pinball, as he said he can't afford pinball because he spends all of his money on cardboard. So that's the way he refers to Magic as cardboard, which I think is great. But um, yeah, if if you're looking for somebody well, else to talk Magic to. to is- yeah. When when there was tournaments running, you win the tournaments and then use the money to buy the cardboard. That's, that's how you do mm. that. Or you win the magic tournaments and use it to buy pinball machines. Okay. There we go. Well, I'll I'll have to send that his way. But yeah, I I've, I've also been trying to encourage my brother Jared to start a podcast. So maybe you can hop on his and you can talk magic and it'll just be great. It'll be a full circle. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Raymond, I know you've been on other podcasts and I know some of them have all hinted at your backstory, kind of how you got into pinball, you know, growing up as a child and all that fun stuff. And so I don't want to rehash all that. I do know you were in Seattle. Um, you you owned a bunch of pins there and unfortunately you had to you had to leave them there because because they don't fit in your current. Yeah, uh, basically, um, I ended up getting uh, rented out mostly because um, they were all in my house. And I had uh, two two roommates that rent the house uh, with me, or from me, I suppose. I own the house, and they're renting. And uh, it was fine-ish to have my games kind of scattered throughout the living room when I was living there. But once I'm not living there, you know, I was the only one that really played them that much. Um, so I had to figure out what to do with them. And it turned out uh, people really wanted to rent pinball machines because they, um, you know, they couldn't play them in, in, on location, which was kind of sad. Um, but I think even after locations open up, uh, it, people want to have a game or two in their house just uh, to get better at and practice without putting coins in. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So not to, I know we're going to, I plan on discussing this a little more later, but just random thought, if you could just snap your fingers and one of your games could appear in your living room right now, which one would you, which one are you missing the most? I think I'm missing Batman 66 the most. Oh yeah. Okay. 
Well, we'll dive a little deeper into that, but I just, that just popped in my head and I kind of wanted to, I, I just wanted to ask that, but so you had a whole bunch of games and then another thing that you were, I mean, number one in the world, pinball competing, you've actually recently had a chance to actually compete in pinball, uh, face to face. You, you participated in the, the district 82 pinball tournament, right? Was that, yeah, that, that was, just that happened? was uh, this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah, was, how was that? Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was pretty cool, man. It was a, uh, just a, it was a normal three strike tournament, which, you know, a year ago, I probably wouldn't have been bothered, honestly, to go to a three strike tournament just because, you know, there's so many big tournaments and so many things going on, so many different formats and like three strikes kind of like the generic, you know, weekly bar league sort of, uh, tournament people would be running. They kind of got oversaturated, but now that there's no tournaments anywhere, I was so excited to play in a three strike tournament. It was so much fun. And the games were excellent. They all played. I was able to, you know, adapt to them and, and hit my shots and uh, mostly uh, hit my shots. And uh, hmm. it was it was just so much fun having to have that little bit of pressure again and then getting rewarded when you do something as opposed to, um, you know, on stream when you do something, you might get like a, a cheer in the chat or whatnot. But it's all kind of just fun. There's no consequence. You're just kind of flipping around. Hmm. But when, uh, you know, you're down on ball three and you don't want to get a strike because it might eliminate you from the tournament and you you hit that multi-ball shot, it just feels so good. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I mean, I know when I stream, yeah, you have a bad ball one, whatever, you reset. <laughs> you just, I'm, you know, part of me is like, nobody wants to watch me suck, you know, for these, two, you know, first two balls. So I'll just, I'll just reset real quick. And I know you can't do that in a tournament. I know the, what is it? The the most important ball is the next one kind of thing. And, and I, I don't, I don't, maybe I don't challenge myself enough when I stream to like hold myself to those same standards, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, there's well, not really a reason to like over. Yeah put pressure on yourself when you're just streaming for fun um, other yeah. than to you know it's it's uh that's what's cool about pinball is most of the time it's just you and the machine so if if it's important to you then that's all that matters you know you're you're going to focus on getting this one jackpot or or setting up this right combination to score this big points or get to a wizard mode that you want to get to and uh that has its own whole set of feelings versus when you're actually going against someone else and they don't have that big of a score, but you need to just get slightly above them. So it's just a different different way of playing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know I'm jealous. District 82, well, one of our other TPN cohorts, uh, Tom with Fox City Pinball, he he shows stuff. I mean, he I think he was streaming the whole tournament. I'm assuming you've met Tom before and, and had a chance to work with him over or see him or play against him even over the weekend. Yep. Yeah. He was, uh, there and, um, we actually talked quite a bit and he, uh, he drove me to lunch and, or dinner rather. And we got some, some Taco Bell together. So that was there delicious. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he, he's such a great guy. He, uh, he offered, you know, I could stay at his place, which is amazing. Has like a huge collection yeah. of crazy, you know, LE limited edition games and all these wonderful games. And, uh, he's just a nice guy. He just loves pinball and, and he's really good at uh, the the stream that he puts on is mm-hmm. super top notch. Um, so it was great to uh, to see him, and I did get to play against him actually. The first game uh, I played against him on Kiss, and he uh, he blew it out of the water. He got like two hundred million, and I got like thirty three million. But luckily, the tournament <laughs> format you only needed to get top two and to avoid a strike. So my thirty million was able to get second to his uh, two hundred, and uh, so that's all that mattered for that particular nice. case but it, it was fun 
uh, seeing him him blow it up and uh, competing against him for the first time. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I there's a bunch of people like that that I'd I'd love to meet. I still consider myself rather new to all this, and I I just can't wait. I I'm not really a tournament player, but I I I'm really looking forward to going to a show or a tournament just to meet some of these people. But have you Tom, have you been? Go ahead. Have you been to? Like, did you go to Pinburg when it was last? No, no, that's what I'm saying. It's I, I've just been spectating. Like, I've been doing my local stuff, but I, I haven't been to anything, like any show, any oh. anything. And I, I know that's why I'm just, I'm, I'm ready. I'm really excited. And um, what I've, what I've realized, the more that I've, you know, really dove into this hobby and, and even put myself out there from a media standpoint, is this hobby is a lot smaller than you realize, and everybody's really tight knit and amazing people and. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of these people face-to-face for sure. Yeah, no, um, it's, uh, a lot of people have joined too in the, just in the past couple of years. Um, up at District 82, half the people I was playing had told me that they had just started playing pinball, you know, last year or whatnot. Um, it's just amazing the, uh, the exponential growth rate, even with the pandemic. I think people are still um, getting into it more and more. Of course, it's hard to get new people um, because you know, they can't play on location. They don't organically yeah. discover it. But I think a lot of those people that got the bug early on when they could play on location, I think, um, you know, renting machines was a great way. I think a lot of people are doing that to, to feed their passion. And, and also with all the streaming, now you can watch pinball streaming every day of the week because a lot of people are at home now. So there's just a yeah. lot of pinball content being produced and consumed. It's, it's pretty great. Yeah, for sure. And so, Speaking of that, I, I mean, you are you are one of the top players in the world. I mean, I I know competitive pinball is it's very different. It seems very different. You know, the goals, like you're saying, is you're not you're not trying to focus on the wizard mode. You're really just trying to get just a few more points than the other guy. And I know because of that, just where I struggle is understanding the mentality of a competitive player and whether or not you can turn that on and off. And it seems like you can, because you're actually playing games at your house, you're streaming them and you're pursuing, you know, wizard mode, you're pursuing, you know, it just doesn't seem like you're playing a game, just trying to exploit one thing in the code for score. And and it seems like you, it seems like you actually like, I've heard on other podcasts, like you really like Simpsons pinball party. And that's a game that I think a lot of competitive players don't like. So what, how do you, is that easy for you to like, to turn that on and off on, or when you step up into a machine on how to play it or how to enjoy it? It's definitely interesting. Um, I think it's just because I started off with the, the passion for it first, where I, um, well, actually they kind of happened at the same time. So like, my story was, you know, my grandparents had a machine and I played it and, and got into it. And then I would play it at restaurants and arcades. And I, as soon as I learned that you get a replay, that's when I all I cared about was score. Because I wanted mm-hmm. to figure out how do I get a replay so I can keep playing. And so then I would l- learn the rules. Because in order to get, because the, the game I had most accessible to me was Terminator 2. It was at a go-karting place. I'd ride my bike there after school. And Terminator 2, you're not getting anywhere if you don't know the rules on how to lock a ball, get a jackpot, get a super jackpot. And so that drove me to have to like go online, kind of read the rules, and then also watch videos on how to do dead passes and, and all those fancy flipper tricks. And as that happened, I got better and better. And I learned, you know, oh, pinball machines have rules and they're all different. And I just have always been into rules. I'm like a huge, you know, that's probably why I like Magic the Gathering so much because mm-hmm. there's so many heavy rules layers um i've always loved board games card games 
And so I think just my uh, hunger for rules uh, led me to like Simpsons Pinball Party because I would read the entire, you know, 20 page rule sheet yeah. and and then just really want to play that game and try to put it together, try to stack the modes, try to get to Alien Invasion, try to get to uh, all the different things in it. And I think that passion just stuck with me even once I learned, oh, in this tournament, you're never going to get to that wizard mode. But that doesn't matter because all those other things you learned, you can apply. And then on top of that, you learn this extra situational play. Um, so I, I, I like to think of it as additive rather than subtractive. So you don't you don't throw out all your fun um, goal chasing and, and fun habits um, just because now you play tournaments. It's just you've added the ability to play situationally and, uh, you know, choose which shots are the least risky at that particular moment that give you the best chance of, of beating your opponent. Yeah, that makes sense. I, my, that's always been my fear is like, okay, if I dove into competitive play and all I cared about was jackpots and, and just putting up a GC score. And I, I, the last thing I wanted is to feel like I was throwing out large portions of a game that have been made and coded, you know, because they're not worth anything or like, you know, the, like you should time this out because it's not worth anything. Like, I don't know. I just think there's so much story and character made now. Yeah. In, and I didn't want to miss that. Um, so when you, so the, the good news and bad news is when you're in a tournament, you might have to miss that because it mm-hmm. just doesn't make logical sense if it lowers your chances of winning. But when you're not in a tournament, you can have as much fun as you want. You can go for the modes. And, and uh, you know, I, I have my, my Elvis here, which isn't really seen in tournaments very much. But, you know, I, I shoot that hound dog target, even though it'll <laughs> kill me half the time. Because mm-hmm. I need it to get to Graceland, and I want to get to Graceland, so I go for it. It's fun. But if I'm in a tournament, there's no way in heck I'm going to shoot the Hound Dog target ever. So, uh, yeah, you got to you gotta have a little ability to, to turn it off and on. Um, although, <laughs> if people know me, I, I am a little more risky, I would say. Um, I'm not like Josh Sharp, who literally will like cradle every ball, hit one <laughs> ramp, trap up, hit that same ramp, and do that for infinity. Like... If there's a shorter path for me, but it takes a slightly more risky avenue, I'll, I'll take the risk usually because I, I like to have, yeah. I don't know, I still have a little bit of that in me that I can't quite shake off all the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's what, it's interesting. I just got a Metallica like a few weeks ago and and I've really, it's it's just been really interesting talking to different people because it's actually what I've realized. It's a very uh, polarizing game. Uh, some people think it's one of the best games ever made and the code is just the, is just perfect beyond reason. And other people are like, I got bored of that thing within a week. And, and what I would say is I think from a competitive standpoint, there is a, some amazing code there. There's so much more going on to that code than you'd think. But what, what's worried me a little bit is some people are like, oh, in a tournament setting, you just go sparky all day. Or, or other people are like, no, you just go right, right ram piston targets all day. And I personally, I just don't, I don't ever want a game that only has one way to play it. You know, I want to have a bunch of options. And I do think one thing Metallica does really well is, is depending on what shot you hit, you know, filling out those lanes. I feel like you're constantly trying to make decisions if you're trying to further the game on. So I, I've really grown to appreciate the code that is Metallica, but I do think personally, when I compare it to like, is there a lot of story there? No. Are there a lot of moments there? You know, starting multiples are cool, but I think it's, I think it is a, I understand why it's such a good competitive game. Is that fair to say, or am I missing something? I think 
Metallica is definitely an interesting one because it's one of those games where, yes, if you just start Sparky and don't know anything else about the game and just keep the ball in play, good things are going to happen. You're probably going to beat your opponents. Um, but you can get little edges, like you said, lining up the um, the symbols. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in a tournament, you kind of have to weigh those together where, you know, if it's ball one, okay, I'll probably, you know, try to line up my symbols a little. I'll shoot this ramp before hitting Sparky because I want to fill in that symbol on the ramp, um, you know, or, uh, but if it's ball two or getting to ball three, then it's like, I just need a multi-ball for safety. Um, mm-hmm. And then once you're in multi-ball, then you can kind of focus on getting your items and, and whatnot. Um, I think what really comes, what makes the competitive part of Metallica good is when people, when it's when it's not set up brutal and people can actually like get deeper into it and you're uh, you're playing crank it up modes. That's why you'll see in tournaments sometimes they'll change the settings so the crank it up starts at five items instead of fifteen. Oh wow! Or, okay. or instead of twelve or 12. whatever it is. So basically, every game you're getting a crank it up. Yeah. And now that that is that makes that game really good in tournaments because then it's like. Okay, it puts a huge emphasis on single ball play and actually like hitting shots as opposed to just bashing Sparky ten times. Um, and yeah. some some tournaments directors actually go a step further and they make Sparky twice as hard and crank it up twice as easy. And then you basically see nobody go for Sparky. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, I I think it's interesting that Metallica is considered a mode based game, and I I think that I thought that was funny. I was like, what are you talking about? There's no modes in it. And then when I really looked into it i was like oh well tech in my mind it was like well the little mini wizard modes are modes and and yeah if if they were easier to get to then maybe i would feel that way but i do like i can't i don't necessarily get to crank it up every single time and normally it's because i'm too distracted trying to line up shots i'm thinking like big end game and then i fail you know on ball one or and then i try again on ball two or something like that's the decision making that I think is really. I actually give the game a lot of credit. It, it really keeps you on your toes, and you got to be able to adjust your game plan at any moment. Um, but yeah, I think I like another that. thing yeah. is just keep an eye on your your progress. You know, there's inserts in the middle of the playfield that tell you when you have your items, and you, it'll show you every time on the screen. Like when you hit the captive ball, it'll like tell you if it's complete or not. And uh, you know, you can also check instant info, so you can kind of strategically get yourself to those crank it up modes uh, sooner. Um, and those are the little edges you can use in tournaments where somebody who maybe doesn't know the rules, they might've played Sparky, but they never once, uh, shot a grave marker shot. Hmm. And so they have like zero grave markers. Um, whereas if they would have just like hit and hit a grave marker once, then every shot to that lane would be giving them grave markers. Um, so yeah, I think I think Metallica's uh pretty good for tournaments. It it's not like my favorite because of the sparky bashing factor, um, when it's set up most of the time. And also they usually set it up pretty pretty mean because um it can have some long ball times. Mm-hmm. Uh so with both of those it can be kind of unfun sometimes. But um, you know, if you get into a groove and you have one of those amazing balls, it, it does feel pretty pretty good on that game. Yeah, no, I've had a, I've had it I've done it twice now where I've like had a good um, crank it up mode and I hit the two times multiplier and cashed it out. Like that is very satisfying. That is a very it, you feel really good when that happens. Yeah. So yeah. so I I get it. I see the what the allure is to that machine. But what I what I've realized the more pinball that I've played is I I really enjoy like 
interesting, unique modes in progression, like building or progressing through a storyline or building something up. And that's where I feel like Metallica is you kind of build short and then you're in a wizard mode and then you do it again. And I, I just need like a long story type situation. And that's, that's what you would like. You would like the pin uh, stranger things. I've had it. Stranger things. (laughs) uh, Stranger things was great. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, And what's really interesting is I'm actually trading Deadpool this people may you know freak out about this because i i've I've had it like a month but not sorry I've, i'm trading metallica for a deadpool i've i've had okay metallica. that makes more sense i'm yes. like wait deadpool sounds exactly like what you want in a yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and what's interesting is the guy i'm trading it to his complaint with deadpool is he's a really good player and and he's like if i go down there and i focus i can beat the game like if i if i really focus and hone in i can beat the game and so to him deadpool is a long battle he's like i could be a 45 minute game and i can beat it if i really focus and sometimes i just want to go down there and i want something short and i want something you know that i don't have to think too hard on and and my current collection is i have tna tna at any moment total nuclear annihilation you're really just deciding Am I pursuing a reactor or am I pursuing multi-ball? That's it. That's really the only decision-making you have to make. But it's a brutal game, and I can have short ball times, but I've also had some longer ones. I, I think it's a good mix. Turtles. Turtles is a similar thing. You know, it, it's more of a progression. there, But but you can get distracted. Dwight's really good at, at distracting you with other side things. But um, it's brutal. I, I've had some really short games. I've had some really long games. So to me, it was like, all right, well, if Deadpool, if you're saying Deadpool has a chance of being easier, quote unquote easier, maybe it would be good for my third game to be a little, like, give me a little more depth. And this game is giving me a lot of depth and a lot of story and a lot of things to accomplish. And I know you own a Deadpool and, and you enjoy it. Is that correct? Yeah. So I, um, I like Deadpool just cause it's, um, for me, I don't have to like think too much. It's just sort of like the shots. I I love like like the game just kind of plays itself. Like if you're like it's a great streaming game. You can like mm-hmm. have a beer and like read chat and just like knock out villains and battle the cra- cra- or megalodon or the T Rex. Um, and uh, then like you said, if you really focus, you can get you know okay, all right, I'm approaching Mr. Sinister, guys. Here we go. Can we do it? Like mm-hmm. it has those little mini moments kind of scattered throughout. And even though, you know, I'm good enough to get there regularly or, or, you know, at least some of the time, it doesn't take away from those little pressure situations where it's ball three and you have sinister lit, like those still arise. And uh, so I like, I like those little mini moments. And then I also just love the, um, the call outs and the music. It's just, like I said, it's just a great uh, experience to kind of just flip around some Deadpool and, and the shots, the uh, right orbit to ninja lock. I, I can't get enough of that shot. I just shoot it all the time like just in the middle of play when when nothing's over there or like you know it's just such a cool shot so yeah those are kind of the highlights for me for deadpool the the low lights which i think some people might criticize is how it is kind of just mode after mode after mode you know there's not like a lot of decisions that you can do um and like there is some truth to that but it's nice to have a variety where you have you know, Avengers where it's all decisions and then you have yeah. Deadpool where it's, you just play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. I am definitely looking forward to it. And I, it's interesting. I've, I've realized the more that I've gotten into pinball, I mean, there, 
everybody's different. And every, and I remember when I started and I was looking for a machine and people are like, okay, I can only buy one machine. What should, I mean, I was that guy. I can only buy one machine. What should I get? And, and so many people are like, just go play a bunch of them and see what sticks. And that's what I've realized. I mean, some people really like easier games. Some like harder, some like a lot of toys, some like speed, some like jackpots, some like modes. It's like, there's so many different directions to go. And I, and I do feel like the more I play, the more I discover, you know, what clicks for me and what doesn't. But one thing that's always baffled me is like, I, I've watched a ton of Papa tutorials and Bowen Karen's makes his tutorial videos are not only incredibly informative, but they're also hysterical. Like some of the stuff that he drops in there, I, I love, I I'm, I'm laughing through, but I watch it and it's like, yeah, he's, okay. He's a regular He's what? Stand-up comedian. Yeah, he he, oh. he sprinkles little little jokes. Some of the jokes I don't even get the references to, but I'm sure they're hilarious. <laughs> I don't. I'm laughing. I love it. But what gets me though is Bowen. It's like he just steps up to this game and basically can just blow through it and like let me just show you the whole game. And sure, it may have taken him five, ten times, but it's just like. I see that and I'm like, is pinball even fun for you anymore? And I, I, this is kind of a question towards you, right? I mean, you're one of the best players in the world. So it's like, how do you, when your skill level is, is so high, how, how is pinball? And I don't mean this to be negative, but like, how is pinball fun for you? Like, how do you, how do you keep it? What is it about, you know, when you, when I hit all the shots I want to hit, it's a blast, but I feel like you consistently hits the shots you want to hit. So how is it that pinball just keeps like, what is it that keeps bringing you back when you're so good at it? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, uh, well, first of all, gravity still always gets you in the end. And <laughs> pinball, even when you're good at it, it's never 100% easy. You got to still be paying attention and the ball still drains. So I think all that changes is your bar just keeps going up. So now it's like, you know, when you start playing pinball, if you get $100 million on Deadpool, you're you're like feeling pretty good. But for me, if I get a hundred million Deadpool game, I'm like, damn, I only hit like 20 shots that game and then drained. Like that was horrible. Like, all right, let's play another game. Let's get to a couple billion. So I think mm-hmm. it just, it just raises your, your bar um, as you get better on what kind of scores you're looking for and, and how uh, objectives that you're achieving. And also once you get better, you kind of unlock the more deep rules that you might not have been able to get to or take full full advantage of without the skills. Because a lot of, you know, big jackpots in, in uh, games or big scoring opportunities, you kind of have to, like, like, you can get them by chance, which is kind of the, the, the bait that they, they dangle, the carrot they dangle, where, oh, my God, yesterday on ACDC I was playing, and, oh, my God, my score just blew up. But now that you're good enough, it's like, okay, can I do that on purpose? Can I set up triple scoring? Can I get a song jackpot built up throughout some multi-balls and then hit that cannon shot for the final, you know, 500 million? So mm-hmm. it just adds more um, options to your arsenal the better you get. Um, that makes I sense. will say, yeah. I'm also, even though I'm ranked number one, I don't think I'm, like, as good as, say, Keith Elwin. I think he actually does get bored. Like, he's so good that he actually would be bored with games unless they're ch- more challenging. Um, so I, I think the mileage may vary there, but yeah. uh, I mean, unless you're Keith Elwin, I think there's always like some redeeming value in, in just playing a pinball machine just cause sure. it's, it's so fun and, and it can still drain you even if you're, yeah. even if you're good. Well, speaking of Keith, so I, I 
borrowed a, an Avengers for a few months and I know you hopped into my chat multiple times and the the code in the depth in that game is absurd. And I know it's interesting reading, you know, stuff online that you basically, you're combining Keith and yourself, you know, you're combining two people. And I know there's a lot of other people that were involved in Avengers, but like two of the best pinball players on the planet have designed this game, designed the rules. And I know Keith, like you helped with all of this and stuff. And it's like, all right, well, if, if these people are designing the game, is there any way that this game is too complex or too deep? You know, did, did they design a game for themselves that like a novice or newbie wouldn't enjoy? And that's, I'm not saying that I'm, what I'm saying is like, how, how challenging is it knowing that Stern, when you're working for Stern has to code a game that can fit or can please the the biggest range of piece you know can please a Keith Elwin but also can please an eight year old you know like how how do you address that or how hard is that to look at code and try to think am I am I pleasing everybody here or do you are there certain games that you you focus more on different demographics does that does that make sense I mean you can't please everyone all the time right or if yeah. I who's it, Bruce, Bruce Nightingale on Slam Tilt Podcast. You can't please anyone any any, any of the time or whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you try your best to, um, I, like, I've found even writing some of the, the mode rules on Led Zeppelin, this is kind of a, a good example, where in uh, Led Zeppelin Multiball, I had come up with this cool rules where, you know, you get the jackpots, and then it lights double jackpots for a time amount of time, and then once you get all the double jackpots, then you'd hit the target banks and that would light the super jackpot. And like, maybe I added some extra multipliers and things. And then I was like playing it. And then I was like getting a little bit of feedback. Uh, someone was like, well, I, I was weird. I was in multiple and the jackpots disappeared. I'm like, Oh no, you got to hit the draw. You got to hit the targets. You got to hit the targets to, to light the supers. And then I thought about that, how, how kind of silly that sounded and how someone who just was playing, they thought the jackpots disappeared. I'm like, you're right. So I've been trying to stop myself and think, like, what would someone who didn't know how I wrote the rules think hmm. of this game? Um, and I think that's, like, a really approach you have to take where you have to step back every once in a while. And I've done that a couple times with modes where I originally had them more complicated and I was able to scale them back so that there's, you know, shots that are obvious to hit, but there's still, like, one extra layer of if you hit them in the right order better things happen but i didn't add like seven layers like my original design might have had um yeah so that's kind of how you have to approach it where you just you can design for yourself but then you have to make sure if you do you gotta you gotta step back and see if there's a way you can kind of you know simplify um or add some more some more flair or some more like upfront things maybe mm -hmm. maybe push some of your more special stuff deeper in the game so no, maybe maybe they'll be there, but uh, someone who's just stepping up won't get overwhelmed by it right away. So yeah, you just kind of have to step back every once in a while. Sure, and I will say that's one thing that's that's actually I think done really well with Avengers. Sure, there's there's something kind of easy for a novice to pursue. You know, Thor multi ball is just a few hits, cool light show, and boom, you're in a multi ball. But then also you can kind of completely ignore the gems and the gem perks if you want to, and just focus on collecting Avengers. And cool stuff happens when you do that, you know, like soul gym is an amazing mode and an amazing experience. And so that game is definitely something that 
you know, if you're a really skilled player, but you have a, a friend over that's not super skilled, you know, you can give them, you know, kind of easily or more consumable objectives and they could still enjoy that. But I know, I know some players or some people that have Avengers that are good players that they, they collect the gym, but they, they don't even try to comprehend the advantages of placing the gym or why you place the gym. And then you have people even more so than that, that that's all they think about. And that's all they eat up is that, that concept of where do I put that gym and how do I use it and what level do I raise it to? And um, yeah. So, so a good example, kind of going back to what I was saying, um, kind of iterating where originally the first release of Avengers, the code didn't really tell you anything about the gems or or whatnot but it was you know it was all online it was all the rules you know so the people that wanted to really got the gems and they were loving it but people who aren't fully engrossed in that they would get a gem and they literally like were so confused why all the lights just started blinking like what am i doing what why do i put a gem over here what's happening um like (laughs) what is it does it have a power up does it do anything like i think the most commonly asked question for avengers that like release was what do the gems do and i always yeah. would faith palm i'm like just read the rules they all do different things it's cool to blah, blah 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 but now after looking back i can see yeah of course they're asking what do the gems do it's a pinball machine they just got a gem like what does that do mm-hmm. <laughs> so later updates of avengers you'll notice um the perks were spelled out as you're selecting a gem while you're placing a gem, uh, we were just trying to add more and more things to try to help the player um, understand, you know, about the game. And so I think it's uh, it's just important to uh, just make sure you have, you know, you don't want to like handhold because then people who are good will kind of get sick of like seeing the same thing over and over again. So, but you want to be able to show enough to to guide someone who uh, sure. Who and I think well, on. one of the biggest Prop, not problems, but the biggest challenges with the gyms is it's not like there is really a right answer. It's like, okay, I got the power gym. Well, which shot am I supposed to put it on? It's like, well, you can put it on any of them, you know, like, and, and there's, yeah. there's reasons to like, there's pros and cons. And that, that concept alone is hard to grasp because it's like, you're telling me there is no right or wrong answer. It, it's just, I, but I really enjoyed that when I owned the game because if you flub a shot and you accidentally put it on the one you weren't planning on putting on, and it's like, all right, well, how do I change my strategy? I, I will tell you, I thought more while playing pinball when I had Avengers than any other game. It was constantly making me think ahead on what's what am I planning to do? And um, there were nights that I absolutely loved it. And there are other nights that I'm like, I am exhausted <laughs> from trying to think through this game. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, a, you know, that's what's great. There's different games. Um, and that's why, um, you know, you get an Avengers. Some some days you want to play, you're in an Avengers mood. And some days you're in a different mood. So um, there's a lot of variety. And, uh, and you know, it's important too, like Avengers, like it has those thinking moments. But you can also just whip up a Battle Royale challenge or just mm-hmm. say, you know what, I'm just going to go for Soul Gem this game. Or I'm just going to go for battles and not even worry about the gems and just, you know, you can, you can like take a take a mental break and just enjoy the game too. So yeah, um, absolutely. And you mentioned those those challenges. Uh, what was was it Jurassic Park that was the first one to kind of have 
a challenge like that where you hold the flippers in and you like start a different mode? I think was it that... might have te- technically been Ghost. Well, I guess well, I guess Go- it was yeah. Park. Ghostbusters had it first, but it wasn't a uh, player enabled thing. It was the operator enabled yeah. thing. Uh, Jurassic Park was the first player controlled challenge mode. Yeah. Well, I will say those are incredible because on my turtles, like I cannot thank Dwight enough for those, you know, the fact that it's like, well, what do I want to do? And the fact that I have that option before I hit start of the half shell challenge mode, it's like a mini speed run. And it's for me to step up to that, like half shell challenge has kind of been almost my warm up when I go downstairs to play pinball, or if it's, you know what, I only want to play for just a few minutes, like just that knowing that I can play this game in a completely different manner. I, I don't know if that's like a blanket thing at Stern that they've just decided that you need to start incorporating these things, but I hope they do because I love these little mini challenge modes that are now starting to be in these games. Yeah, they're, uh, they're fun. Um, you know, Avengers has one battle Royale, mm-hmm. uh, Led Zeppelin has one top of the charts challenge. Um, and usually at least what I like to do is have the, um, I like it when the challenge modes, you know, they're not the actual best thing you get in the game, but they're the thing like right before the best thing in the game. Yeah. So it's still providing value to someone who might never even make it that far. Uh, but at the same time, it's not completely spoiling the really good player who could actually get to the final, final thing. Yeah. I actually was right after... Uh, Zach and Greg was straight down the middle release their turtles review. I had messaged Zach and I, and I actually asked him, I said, have you done half shell challenge? And he goes, no, I don't do any of those modes. Cause I don't want to spoil myself. And I was like, no, half shell challenge isn't even in the game. Like it's not in the game. It's a completely separate thing. Like you got to give this a shot. And, and he's like, Oh, okay. I got it. You know, like, and I think that, <laughs> I think that's yeah. neat because and, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, um, yeah, there's and there's little differences too. Like in Battle Royale and Avengers, it's slightly different. Like the health scale is different than when you get to it in the game. Same with Top of the Charts. Uh, the challenge mode has more shots lit, and it has like a predetermined kind of level system, like how many records you need. Um, so there's enough of a difference where, um, sure, you might be spoiling the like mode. So I, I definitely respect waiting until you've gotten there maybe once. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after you've gotten there once. I'd say play the challenge all day long. Or if you don't think you'll you'll get there for many months, just play it. And and then you can still look forward to when you get to the real thing, the little nuances, the little differences. And you can appreciate them and be like, oh, this is way harder when I get to it in the real game than, yeah. than the, the challenge mode. Well, I think it's also, I mean, some of these modes, you know, the at least for my skill level, the chances of me getting to that mode is so rare that it's like, it's nice being able to be a little prepared, you know, to, okay, I know what to do instead of like, Oh, I just got to a mode. What's going on. You know, your adrenaline's going and you're trying to read the LCD and it's like, what am I trying to hit? What am I trying to do? You know? And the last thing you'd want is to do all that work and get to a mode and then not really know what you're trying to do. So I don't, I, to me, I think the modes are incredible. I hope that becomes a standard moving forward. I'm all for more options that, you know, give you more ways to play the game. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's I think that's really cool for sure. Um, yeah, it's a, that's great actually. I didn't know that the half shell was its own thing. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> you need to get a turtles. I know this is that's the weird I, thing. I would have had one. From home, right? I, I, I would have won one, but uh, I was uh, about 
a million points short uh, in the two-minute drill. The yeah, heads up that, challenge. that heads up challenge was pretty great. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching that. But um, no, I, I'm really curious. There's a few games like I'm very curious to see, you know, Avengers and Turtles. Like once competitions really spark up, I'm really just curious to see how people approach them, especially Avengers. Like I in a tournament setting, I just I'm really curious to see, you know, put yourself and Keith and whoever Bowen put whoever you want. And I would love to see four people approach that game and see the directions they go. And um, I don't know that, that excites me for sure. It'll, it'll happen soon enough. I know I, I I'm waiting for tournaments. Cause I want to know how people are going to play uh, Avengers and how they're going to play Led Zeppelin. Um, just see, see the different, different strategies people take. And, and I also just want to be able to like talk to people about, talk to people about the games. Cause you know, I could just imagine a, a different universe where I'm at a tournament and everyone's asking me like, on Avengers, how does this work or whatever? And I can mm-hmm. be like, oh, I know exactly how that works. Let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> yeah. You don't just whip out the 20-page manual and hand it to them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. So speaking of coding, this is something, this was one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you is um, one thing I really realized when I talked to Scott Denisi the other week was, you know, you're in the pinball industry now. You you have moments where you're given a blank slate. You're given just free reign to do whatever. And I know as a pinball designer, you know, Scott, he had a blank whitewood and it's like, well, what, what design constraints do I have? Where, you know, what do I want to focus on? Where do I begin? And I think trying to understand that creative space is, is interesting to me. And so I, I think I'd heard recently on one of, one of the podcasts that Tim, sure, Tim is leading software design. Like Keith was leading the, the rules and code with Avengers, but he did give you stuff to do. And then Tim is leading rules and code in, in Led Zeppelin, right? But he, there, it sounds like Tim has given you, there, he's given you things with essentially free reign. And um, I'm, I'm curious about that when you're saying, when you've been given, all right, this is, you know, do what you want. Like, where do you start? You know, what what pops into your head or what are, I, do you just have this list of, of, of mode potential things you'd like to do, or I don't, I don't know. How did you, how did you do that? If that makes sense? Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of just, I think like, honestly, I, I kind of go through a bunch of past games in my head of like kind of how multiballs work. And then I think of the things I didn't like about how they worked and how, what things I did like how they worked. And I try to like come up with something that, is the good without the bad, and then maybe like a new a new spin, um, or also I'll look at the playfield and be like, how can I really utilize like every inch of this playfield in a unique way? Um, you know, this mode like on Led Zeppelin. The I think the first task I assi- I was assigned was Led Zeppelin multiball. Uh, you know, the m- main multiball everyone's gonna get, and I was like, well, this is a very this is Steve Ritchie game. So I think we should reward combos. And I also thought of like, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings, two tower multiball where it's like jackpot one, jackpot two, like you're hitting combos. And then, I, but then I was also like thinking of kind of like Iron Maiden where in trooper multiball, when you're hitting jackpots, they build towards a super. Like, I really like that idea. And then I thought of this idea of like, what, um, what if you, uh, you shot one jackpot and then it lit a combo jackpot for for like a double jackpot and i was like oh that's cool and then i but then i realized oh but then it's it's more of a formality it's like um some of those older sterns where the code was just like 
jackpot, double jackpot, you know, 100K, mm. 200K. Yeah. Like, it was always the same order, same sort of thing. And so to add a spin on that, I was like, okay, this is going to time out. So when you hit a jackpot, it's going to light the combo, but only for like 10 seconds. It's going to blink really fast. And so you might miss a couple of those, or you might get a bunch of those. But the more you get, they're all the more that go into your super. So your super gets to be super big. And so I liked having that um, that option where you can sometimes get really big supers if you play the multi-ball really well. And then I also like the idea of being able to multiply a super. And so when I looked at the play field, I'm like, well, where should the super sh- shot be? What are the two hardest shots on this play field? For Led Zeppelin, it was like the left eject and the upper side ramp. And I'm like, okay, well, left eject, single jackpot, a su- single super jackpot, and the Side ramp, that'll be your double super jackpot. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I was like, well, these targets, you know, there's a lot of targets. How can we use those? And I was like, well, maybe if you, I was thinking back to Lost in Space, where if you complete all the targets, that multiplies all your jackpots by three. And I was like, wow, okay, maybe I just, if you hit those, you get you double your super? Uh, I don't know. So it's kind of a mismatch, really. It's just like, all the goods wow. with none of the bads and then like little twists that I like to throw, throw onto them. Nice. I mean, that's, yeah, that was kind of exactly what I was, <laughs> I assumed. I mean, that's one thing that's, uh, it's obvious with, with, with like, like I know Keith, he's played and knows so much pinball that, that it's easy for him to, I'm assuming it's easy for him to, you know, know what shots are fun. So let me combine that. And you're saying you just eat up rules. And I know like Bowen Karens is doing rules for spooky. You guys just, you, you guys have that mentality to just eat up rules. So the fact that you can kind of look through the Rolodex of machines in your head and, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, grab little things that you like and then combine them together. I mean, that's, that's impressive. That's, that's really um, impressive for sure. Do you, do you say, do you think there's anything um, like, I I don't is like is there a, an I don't this sounds bad but like is there a Ray Day original like is there something in your head that you're excited or maybe you've done it or do you have something in your head coming forward of like do you think there's a potential rule or code or or something like that 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 you're I don't know you want to claim or or that you're gonna is like something you want to explore does that does that make sense. I mean, honestly, it's pretty tough. Like every rule has kind of been done in one yeah. form or another. Um, so even if I like have what I think is an original idea, I'll realize, oh, that was subconsciously planted in my brain from uh, Family Guy. Like, yeah. um, like on, um, I guess actually the the World Tour rules is pretty unique. Where you're you're um, in Led Zeppelin, basically. I, I wanted, I mean, it's not that unique because there's like a cyborg. Well, I get, see, that's the thing. I, I can always think of something to equate it to. Cause like <laughs> cyborg multiball in Iron Maiden, uh, you know, you hit your loops and your ramps and you have to hit one of each of those. And then it lights your jackpot on world tour. Um, I kind of just genericized it where there's ramps, loops, targets, everything advances you and you don't have to hit like them. Like, you don't have to spread it out. You don't have to hit one target, one ramp, one orbit. You can keep hitting ramps, but then I put, like, a cap on, like, how many of those you can get. And so, I guess one of my styles that is kind of unique is I like having, um, like, 
a lot of options at first, and then it kind of will like narrow you down. Where so like on Avengers, I, I came up with a trophy system where I didn't want to make someone get like twenty four trophies and there was only twenty four trophies in the game. Yeah, I like leeway. So I guess that's kind of like something that I like to bring to the table is like having a little leeway to do uh, different routes. So like for Avengers, there's thirty two trophies, but you only need twenty four of them. And on World Tour Multiball, there's so many miles you need to travel, um, but you can get miles in many different ways. Nice. Um, so I, I guess that would be maybe something I, I like to think that I, I bring to the table. Um, no, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want that question to sound like, you know, it's, oh, Ray is just like, I understand there's so much good in pinball that like, by all means, let's draw off of, like, that was something I mentioned with Scott, you know, a lot of people have credited Scott with the Denisi lock, and he's very quick to point out like, no, I'm not the designer, I'm not the originator of, of three inline drop targets, like, that's not, so there's so much pinball out there that I think, by all means, like look at these past machines and look at what works and let's, let's combine those together and make it into something, you know, that people enjoy. Um, one thing I do think is interesting is I I know people love talking about like pinball moments and, and what, what's your view on as a, as a high ranked competitive player, like Simpsons, Simpsons has that moment where the flippers switch and you have to play that way. Or, even, you know, somewhat in Avengers, you know, to have, um, you know, time, like limit the number of switches you have, or, you know, there's other games out there that you like only one flipper works, only one side works, or I know Guns N' Roses just released their, I, I don't know if you've seen, but Carl has gotten all the way to the final wizard mode. And, and I don't want to spoil anything, but that wizard mode is nothing but some crazy flipper mechanics. Um, what's your view on that? Do you like that? Do you do you not like that? I mean, what's your thought there? It sounds like you're asking two slightly different questions. So okay. there's the pinball moments question that gets asked a lot. And then there's sort of this other idea of these um, these flipper tricks and, and interesting, unique, very unique uh, ways to play and, and, and spin on classic pinball sort of thing. Um, here, I'll start with... So for pinball moments, for me, a moment... Uh, I like where you're, you put things together in a, in like the right way that you were trying to do. And then you get paid off for it either with a score or with a mode or with enhanced scoring or, or something like that. Whereas, you know, in, if, if I'm playing a game and because I can get pretty far in it most of the time, I don't think of it as a moment when I start a mode on stranger things because it happens all the time. Yeah, And so if I was forced to, like, if I shot the mode start and it, like, was an unskippable animation that played, like, the whole scene and it had the coolest light show in the world and everything, I would get sick of it pretty quick because it happened so much. So I think one of the keys to moments is it can't happen very often, which I think is, you know, pretty well understood. Sure. Um, so I think the more rare things happen, the more of a moment it is. But the hard part is you have to make sure that they do happen or else people will say there are no moments. Yeah. And so I think for me, you know, finding the moments um, can be tricky and, and putting enough in the game so that they're there and people can find them. Um, and like I said, people's definitions of moments are, are different. So like for me, like I said, I like setting up a big play field multiplier and then cashing in a super jackpot. That's a moment for me. Yeah, that's fair. But maybe starting 
um, a mini wizard mode is a moment for someone else. For me, starting a mini wizard mode isn't a moment because I plan to do that every, all the time, yeah, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so it just depends on, on what your level is and, and what you find important with with moments. Um, that said, I think as long as the, uh, the game uh, shows you enough moments, then people can kind of pick and choose. It can be like, like I said, when it's starting a wizard mode, That'll be a moment if the programmer puts lots of lights and and really announces it, and it's really cool. But for for people who it's not a moment, it doesn't take away from them, uh, unless, like I said, they, you put like an unskippable two minute long thing. But I don't think people really have been doing that. So um, no, and I, I think it's, yeah. it's all additive, like I like I said before, where it just depends on on what you're looking for. Yeah, I think moment wise, what I was thinking of is. So like to me, one of the best moments I've experienced in pinball was Hobbit. And when you defeat Smog, like the light shows absurd, the flippers die. It's this ridiculous animation. It's an amazing moment. And and I know there are certain modes. Like I think Soul Gym is kind of a pinball moment because this game now, you have to play it in a completely different manner of how you normally play it. And when the the soul moans when the soul gym's over, it, it goes kind of back to normal and i understand for some people they get to soul gym every single time they play for others i think it, that's like a unique experience that i want everybody to yeah. to see um yeah and that's that's a great example because for me the moment isn't starting soul gym or playing it with this flippers in mind for me it's when i finally put the perfect run together and i get that you know six flip soul gem and nail that tower shot that's that's the moment for me so i think it's really cool that the moments can be found in different places of sort of the same, same, yeah. uh, same thing. Um, and then to go back to what you were saying about what do I think of like reverse flippers or inverted yeah. flippers? Mm-hmm. I, I'm a little like kind of done with them to be honest, just cause they've been kind of being used a lot lately. Um, I think it was cool in Simpsons cause it was like the first time they did it. And then it was kind of cool in like Houdini cause it was like a throat. It was like kind of like a, a head nod to like this, or, or was it Wizard of Oz? Wizard of Oz was the the next one that did it. Mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz was like kind of cool because it's like oh it's like the it's like uh, it's like Simpsons it's it's that's kind of cool. But then like Houdini did it with like inverted and reverse, and I'm just like okay this is this is getting a little old. Uh, like I think you I think maybe having like one mode every like five or ten games like uh, unique titles I mean like every few years almost I, I wouldn't want every game or a game a year having that mode because then it just becomes a standard thing like a multi-ball right yeah it's like yeah um and that would be f- interesting i guess but it wouldn't it wouldn't be a moment anymore now you might just get frustrated because you're like yeah i had to play that stupid reverse flipper mode again yeah and i don't want that i don't want that yeah. you know that's fair. And I will I will say, I mean, if you haven't seen Carl D'Angelo with IE Pinball, he has it on his YouTube. He got to the final, final, final wizard mode for GNR. And and that's something, I mean, I bet a bunch of people will never see, but it is, it's crazy what what that mode is and what that it, sounds that sounds it, pretty cool. And and like I said, I think I think used sparingly and done right, especially for a reward for getting deep into a game, like in yeah. in Simpsons. To get the reverse flippers, you got to go really deep. Oh, yeah. You got to go to all the auto stops. So I think that's fine. Um, I think it was more of the like Wizard of Oz, like you could just start a crystal ball mode and all of a sudden you had weak flippers like right away. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's kind of when I started getting a little concerned. 
But um, that sounds cool. I'll have to check out uh, Carl's uh, you, video. You definitely do. And Carl, I mean, I watched it and he played it and he and he liked it. You could tell he liked it because yeah. it was oh, a, yeah. it's a crazy challenge. Oh, um, cool. And I and I think that is cool. I mean, like dialed in has that one mode where it'll kill your flipper. You know, when it gets hit with the laser. Yep. Like, and, and I, again, I, I I like the idea, but I think it just does it a little too much and too soon. It's a little too close to the start button for me, where where like I see it too much. And I sure. wish it was more like there was one mode where that happened, where like after you get halfway through and you're fighting the dude or something and he's attacking your flipper. It's not like every multiball, I got to worry about my flippers dying. But then yeah. that's kind of tough. How do you how do you balance that with someone who will never get to the, the battle mode? Right. So you need yeah. to show that. I don't know. I don't actually don't even know the good answer to that. I think I think you just have to um, pick a pick a spot and 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 do what you want. And, you know, players like me. I'll complain about it, but it doesn't make the game bad. I love dialed in. I, I have a dialed in. It's uh, my the one Jersey Jack I have is a dialed in, and um, and it's not that bad. Like you get used to it, and it's still it's still kind of cool, especially if you haven't played it in a while. Uh, sure. So I that's it's definitely tricky finding that that balance of of novelty versus like seeing it too much you know yeah and i think like rick and morty one thing that that i think it's doing really well with the different dimensions is it has a few dimensions that do some crazy things where you know you hit one flipper button and all the flippers go or you know um it it fires different things or it limits what you can do and i think that's kind of neat because you can get out of the dimension or it's not every single time you know i or i i'm assuming they they may even have options to turn certain dimensions off if you really hated them but um i just i like variety i like you know, we have this machine and sure you have certain toys that are moving. I mean, like in Led Zeppelin, you have the, the spinner that's raising and lowering, lowering from the field. Like that is something that, that is a change state type of situation. But beyond that, I mean, really the only thing that's changing with pinball is lights. I mean, it's a lot of the mechanical things are there. So anything that you can do in the code that forces you to, to attack this game in a different manner I'm all for, and I, I think that's, I don't know, I think that's really cool, but you don't want it to get absurd or, you know, like, uh, yeah. like a ridiculous yeah, no, that, I, I, I need to play Rick and Morty. I haven't, haven't had the chance to play it yet. Um, that sounds, it sounds cool. Like if it's tied to the theme really well too, where you're like visiting dimensions, like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And it sounds like it just does them in very small piecemeal little pieces. It's like, oh, now this uh, spinner doesn't work or this, this one thing doesn't work. It's not like. Oh, now everything doesn't work. <laughs> well, I I know some people were kind of asking for that with with Avengers, where they're like, "What if you did like the snap, and then half of the playfield goes dead?" And I'm like, "Well, that sounds cool until you realize half your playfield's dead, and then what do you do? <laughs> you know, like nobody's gonna want to <laughs> play with only the right flipper and the right sling. You know, like that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. But well, speaking of lighting, I think lighting has become like kind of the biggest. Thing, in my opinion, I I am all about pinball lighting, and I just think it, it is so good at making a pinball machine seem different in different modes or different things. And I think with Stern, I I mean I got to give credit. To, like Guns and Roses, their Hot Rails look amazing. I think Jersey Jack with what they've done with their RGB LED lights are incredible. TNA, the light show that that Scott put in that incredible, and now and now um, Rick and Morty has an amazing light show. But I think Stern, what they've done recently adding in the expression lighting. I think that's awesome. I, I love that, that this is happening and that we're going in this direction more. Um, but from a coding standpoint, you know, you like rules, you like 
code. How hard is it to code in lights? Like, is that is that something you really enjoy? Because I know you did some of the light shows with with Avengers, or is that like a big challenge? I mean, what's what's your view on on light? I mean, I just don't. I actually just don't have. I don't have that much experience in it. Like for Avengers, like I did some of the simple chase lighting effects, like when it climbs up the tower, like it's like mm-hmm. going in order. Like those things are, are fairly straightforward to write. Um, I need to get my hands a little more dirty with the like full playfield grid explosion swirly, like that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, I don't really know much about how that's done yet. Um, uh, for like Avengers, we have someone full time just working on light shows. Uh, it's oh wow! He's he's amazing. Yeah, uh, Brett Rubin and that the light shows have been gotten so good on Avengers. Um, it they take a lot of uh, a lot of time. They're not just something that I think you can whip out like you can a rule. Like, rules, the hardest part is coming up with them. Actually, mm-hmm. putting them in is usually not too bad. Although sometimes you'll run into things that you're like, this should be easy, but I'm I'm having trouble getting this to work. It keeps contradicting itself, or it keeps getting in this weird state, and this weird bug keeps happening, you know, that sort of thing. Whereas light shows, it's you kind of just, it's just time-based. It's like... You have to map out all the things you want it to do. You have to then run it and see how it looks. And if it doesn't look quite right, adjust something. And and just a lot of personality has to come. It's kind of like an art piece, too. Yeah. It's like, you, and art takes a lot of time. So I think, yeah, well, yeah light shows um, especially take a lot of time. Well, that's what, you know, I think Zach jokes around with Dwight shows, you know, and it's like, Okay, Dwight, his games have amazing light shows, but is that Dwight? Is he the one typing in the colors of the stuff, or is that just the direction that he's giving somebody? You know, are light shows being done by the coders, or are they being done by the art department? I mean, because it is. It, this is art. It's all, it all comes down to the lead lead coder kind of um like i think i'm pretty sure dwight does most of his uh light shows um but then you can like delegate um just depending on on the project status and sort of thing like you know avengers has uh because keith has the crazy rules it's like you know rick's working on those like 24 7 so we had to get another person for the light shows uh and that sort of thing um but uh for like yeah, I think I think Dwight does his light shows. I honestly don't. I don't really know. Um, huh. It's kind of not really an area. Like I said, um, I, what what I can say is like it, it, you're not having to do everything like from scratch. Like we have tools set up so you can like use a light show or you can sure. modify a light show and that sort of thing. So that's um, fair. And I I know Scott that. talked about that 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 he had um he had used what well, I think he said it was Dutch Dutch Pinball had basically written some software to help code that and so that's type that's basically the software that he uses that it was much more of a more of a like a graphic type thing of i design a graphic and then it basically takes that graphic and makes it into the code needed for the lights then i i mean that's i I think is what he basically said is how he went about doing it but to me as, as somebody who just enjoys playing pinball the light shows are are killing it these days. I mean, it's I I love it, and it and it's almost harder for me to play certain older games because they're kind of like they kind of they're kind of boring. Like to me, yeah. I really enjoy that. You know, the audio level, the audio packages have have gotten so extremely good that you almost want to play with headphones on just so you can hear all the details. And then the LCD screen, the animations are getting so good, and now the light shows being brought in. 
um, it's just become such a visceral experience um, when you're playing. Yeah, I've definitely had to, um, like, even working on some of the modes, even though I'm doing a lot of the rules, like I said, we have some, like, light shows that we can, like, borrow. And so I've had, I've added, like, oh, when you get a jackpot, let's make the, let's use this light show, but let's make it green colored because Mm -hmm. we're in Zeppelin multiball or whatever. And um, I also like adding lights for informational purposes, like this one's blinking faster because it's the super jackpot or, um, you know, it's this color because of this thing or at the start of uh, this big bonus that you collect, let's, uh, let's pulse the lights in this, like do this color, then this color, then this color. And so I have gotten my feet a little wet with some of those things and I'm trying more and more to try to incorporate them because I know people like yourself really appreciate those, uh, those moments of, of, feedback and i think that's one of the key things in in programming pinball is feedback 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 because if there's no feedback you're just flipping a yeah you know a box around or flipping a ball around a box of wood yeah (laughs) well and the shaker motor shaker motor is another thing that like to me you have to have a shaker uh, motor yeah yeah you gotta gotta incorporate that so you know when you get a jackpot just make sure you shake that shaker motor um and then you know don't do it all the time obviously yeah safe like the little little moments here and there no i it's that's huge uh i i like it bummed me out when i was talking to travis travis he's like i i usually get he's like on my le's i usually turn the shaker motor off because i don't want to feel it i'm like what are you talking about like i love the shaker motor turn it up you know i i want i i just give that's one more bit of feedback uh for sure that i that i enjoy um speaking of feedback you had mentioned that there was a few code adjustments like with deadpool you had suggested a few code things and they did them um are is there yeah, tanyo tanyo uh he's he's all he's a great guy he uh he was just like hey i'm, I'm having a deadpool you want to beta test this and i have a deadpool so he just sent me the the code file mm-hmm. and i i played a game and i'm like uh you know hey everything working great and then i kind of use that opportunity to just kind of slide a couple yes. questions this way yeah. of like what do you think about a weapons extra ball <laughs> or, or not a weapons a ninja ninja extra ball or uh, what do you think about this uh, what what about this and pretty much it was just yes to like all of them um and uh, yeah it was it was great to see uh, some of my little uh little changes in there sure so i mean i've got to ask do you have any do you have any other, like, are there any other, if you had the opportunity, if I don't know who your boss is, but they're like, Hey, pick an old, pick a Stern game, pop it open. And if you want to tweak the code, you know, spend this week doing whatever you want. Is is there any game that you would love to, I don't know, revisit, or do you feel that there's, there would be an opportunity to to take something even further? Or, I mean, is this something you've given any thought, if that makes sense? Well, I mean, right now it would be Elvis. I can think of a million things I want to do. With <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, you know, it just depends on what I'm playing and, and different things that I'm noticing. Um, you know, I, I don't think I need to really touch a single thing on, like, Walking Dead. <laughs> like, it's just so already so deep. Yeah. Uh, you know, same with, uh, like, Batman 66. So you'll leave deep. Lyman's stuff. Lyman's fine. You'll leave him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. No, that's really neat. I I think that's really cool. I will say being a Turtles owner, it has been interesting. It has been interesting owning a game that's not 
that wasn't complete. I mean, I know we're past 1.0 now, but like seeing it develop, normally it is all the little things. It's the light show. It's the, you know, reacting to some of the feedback that they're seeing or adjusting code or adjusting scoring or, you know, with Avengers, you were, you personally were finding exploits that were then coded out or how do we code around them? You know, um, (laughs) it's cool owning a game while it's being developed, kind of, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you get to you get to see uh, the progress, um, and you get to uh, basically you get that feedback of this makes the game not as good, so let's fix it to make it better. Like you just constantly get to improve it with code releases. You know, back yeah. in the day, you couldn't really do that because it was a chip. You know, once the game was made, if someone found a bug or if someone found a strategy that that broke everything else, you kind of just had to live with it. But now we get the opportunity to fix those things and it's uh, really great. That's awesome. Well, I know we're, um, we're a little bit past the one hour mark. So just to wrap this up here, I I have a few just small, quick questions. Um, You yourself have said that you listen to every pinball podcast is what it sounds like. Every single one that's out there, (laughs) you're, you're constantly running out of, out of, um, out of content. Pretty much. Um, Yeah. If so, if all of a sudden, you know, you open up your podcast app and every single pinball podcast that you have, there's a new one out, which one do you click on first? And I know, I know just another pinball podcast is probably the answer, but you don't have to say it. So of all the, of all the pinball podcasts, like what would be your go-to or your first one? Well, man, right now it'd probably be the, uh, Marv Loco, uh, a pinball podcast. There you go. Travis. Travis Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, really loving that. Um, and you listen profile, to the podcast we... or do you watch his YouTube videos? It kind of depends. You know, sometimes they pop up on my phone and then I'll just like listen to them with the audio. But uh-huh. sometimes I'll be on my computer and I'll go to YouTube and it'll show up in my feed and then I'll watch it there. So it kind of just wherever it serves itself up to me first. <laughs> Yeah, so Travis, he's got your number. You ready? Have you? I'm assuming you watched his uh, Led Zeppelin Pro review video, the YouTube video that he just released. Yeah, that was some really good, uh, good footage. Very, yeah. uh, very good videography. Yeah, he said tour very weird. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. World <laughs> tour. tour. Yeah, you got to get your tour multi ball. It was just like, <laughs> and it, props to him. He did make a comment. And I hope more. I can only hope Travis is listening to this. But yes, tour. Um, yeah, that would be, hey, if you want to, if you want to hide something in the Led Zeppelin code, take a sound bite of Travis saying tour and somehow <laughs> sneak that in. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah. But, uh, well, never mind. That would never happen because nobody, none of the Led Zeppelin people would sign off on it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty pretty strict on the licensing uh, for that. But um, yeah, I don't just know. make it a flipper code. Spell out T E R or T U R, and it just you hear tur. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like um, on uh, Jurassic Park, if you enter different initials, it'll make different sound effects. Like when you enter your high score. I didn't know that. I know Scott Denisi on TNA, if you enter all, if you enter Lion Man, it'll yell Lion Man. If you enter in all A's, it'll yell Lion Man, and it makes your name Lion Man with an exclamation point. I thought that ah, was that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah on Jurassic Park, um, if you put AAA, I think he just says A. <laughs> yeah. But um, if you put Ray, you'll get like one of like five different quotes that I picked out. My favorite is. 
Look at how it eats. Oh wow! I this is inc- I did not know this. I yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> and also I, um, totally unrelated, but I remember one of the software updates we added callouts for if you restart a game on Ball Two in, in Jurassic Park, it'll play a different quote. That was real fun searching through all of the different sound effects we had and picking ones for that. Nice. No, I, I unfortunately I don't have a Jurassic Park, so I missed out on that. But that's really neat. I'm glad you guys have a sense of humor. That that's really cool. Um, so you said so Marvel Oco would be number one. Pinball Profile. That's kind of those are your top ones right uh, now. Yeah, I think those are probably the two off the top of my head. Um, yeah, let's see who else. Who else do I even have here? Well, I know in the the Discord, Zach, I had I kind of was oh the pinball I look yeah. at that like as soon as I wake up on Monday. But um, they, I guess are they're you... taking a break right now. But, yeah, uh, that I think they're always... just in a rough patch in the relationship. You know, <laughs> that's just entertaining for the uh, yeah the Zach and Dennis uh, <laughs> how, how they interact with each other. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, are you more team Zach or more team Dennis when it comes to the uh, the screaming goats and the uh, the singing? Uh, I like the singing. I don't like the screaming goats. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I just love the banter. Anything that I hearing Dennis get riled up is just great. Um, so that's great. So that was, yeah. Pinball podcast. I feel like you, I, you should just review them because apparently you listen to all of them, which is great. Um, and then I've got to ask, and I know the answer here and it saddens me, but uh crunchy or smooth peanut butter. Yeah, I don't really you eat peanut butter. Yeah, you're a no peanut butter guy. I just yeah. yeah. No, no peanut butter for me. I just I don't like the I think it's the smell that I don't like cuz <laughs> the taste isn't like that bad for me, but it just it doesn't make me want to put it on on anything. It's just sort of yeah, That's fair. Yeah, kind of avoid it. Yeah. Well, bummer, but that's fair. But all right. Well, those were the those are the TPN but if I questions. Had to choose, it would it would it would definitely be smooth because I actually will have smooth peanut butter. I will not have crunchy peanut butter. So. That's fair. I'm with you, Team Smooth all the way for sure. Um, well, I think that's about all I had. I mean, I I really appreciate the conversation. Um, I think it's amazing what you're doing at Stern. I think Stern was super smart to hire you. I think I I'm really enjoying the rules. And I think you guys are doing a good job of balancing. I mean, I, I've played a bunch of the last few games. I have not had a chance to touch Led Zeppelin yet, but I understand juggling, you know, rules and making sure that they're deep, but also approachable. And um, I don't know, there's there's a lot of smart people there working at Stern. And, and I I think you should absolutely be proud of what you've done. Uh, I know with the Pinball Industry Awards, you know, for, for Avengers to take home best rules, I mean, you, you've had a big part in that. And, um, I just, I, I, as a consumer, I'm enjoying it. So thank you for what you're doing. Um, and yeah, thanks for being on the, uh, the podcast and, and, and sharing a little bit. Um, is there anything, feel free to, to, is there any, anything you want to say or, or promote, go for it. Uh, well, thanks for all the, all the kind words. Um, yeah, I've been really loving working here at Stern and, uh, you know, if you have feedback on uh, uh, games that I've been working on, you know, shoot me a message. I might not, I might not reply right away, or I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll try to reply. Uh, I might just have to give a generic answer of like, "Good suggestion." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, but you know, I, I do want to try to make the games as good as possible, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm just really loving it. And then, aside from me at Stern, I want to promote my streaming. Ray Day Pinball, 
twitch.tv slash radio pinball. I also have YouTube, youtube.com slash radio pinball. Um, and if you forget either of those, you can just go to radiopinball.com. It has links to both. And also a, uh, a visual pinball uh, Banjo-Kazooie game I made when I was like 15 or 14 years old. It's uh, it's very <laughs> it's retro, classic. Nice. Um, that's on radiopinball.com. And yeah, hopefully I can see you in my stream sometime. Um, I love chatting with people in stream and um yeah that's that's all all i got awesome and i so what what size t-shirt are you uh xl xl so anybody that's listening if you have anything that has rare wear the logo on it or anything banjo kazooie that's in size xl just ship it to stern because I, I i swear ray i don't know if i've seen you wear anything besides that <laughs> in your streams which is incredible so if we could just go ahead and fill out your whole whole wardrobe with with that <laughs> yeah that would be, I, i've been, that would be I've been great. slowly collecting uh yeah those sort of things and i try to wear one on purpose for for uh for my streams uh but i probably do have enough to wear one every day of the week so either way yeah you'll probably catch me with a you know banjo kazooie hoodie um or something like that and um Oh, that reminds me, Silverball Swag. I have uh, yeah. Rayday Swag, so you can go to silverballswag.com, get a sweet mug with my face on it, uh, or a t-shirt with my face on it. Uh, I think I have some other cool things. The stickers are cool. I really like the stickers, um, so check that out. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, um, yeah, this has been episode 21. I really appreciate it, Ray. Hopefully, I'll have you on again at some point. And um, I'm looking forward to playing. Like I said, I've played the heck out of Avengers. really enjoyed it. Looking forward to playing uh, Led Zeppelin sometime soon. Got to work um, your sweet talk with Mr. Many. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll give him a call. (laughs) But yeah, I really, really appreciate it. And um, for everyone else, hopefully, uh, you'll hear again from me uh, real soon. Thanks again, Ray. And uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. All right. Bye.